I wanted to share a really exciting announcement with you guys that we haven't really announced to anyone yet, but wanted to let you know that Mike and I were actually invited to come down to the Afterlife Awareness Conference this year in November of 2018, and we were chosen to be the production company to actually live stream the event. So we definitely said yes. How could we say no? Um, Our good friend William Buhlman is going to be there, so we were really excited um, to hear that, and we'll get a chance to reunite with him. But it's definitely going to be a wonderful experience for us. Um, As you guys might be aware, we are starting to live stream our events, and we recently did one on CBD oil, and we are going to be down in Orlando, Florida. So I'm really looking forward to this conference. Um, It has a lot of great people who are going to be there lecturing. Um, Some of you might be familiar with some of the presenters down there because we actually contacted them to become guests on our show. We have already interviewed Monica Williams Murphy, who is a ER medical doctor, uh, the medium and intuitive counselor Suzanne Geisman we had on our show already, Suzanne Northrup, who is also a professional uh, medium. You guys are very familiar with the work of William Buhlman, and he will be there doing out-of-body travel workshops. And we also got a chance to do a podcast with the woman who is organizing the event, who is really phenomenal, and I'm really enjoying working with her, and that is Terry Daniel. So I am hoping that for those of you who don't know about the Afterlife Conference, or maybe you do and you've been on the fence about whether or not you want to purchase a plane ticket or head on down there, I really think you should. You would have the opportunity to meet Mike and I and also our assistant producer, Alexandria. She's going to be down there helping us. And um, if you want some more information, I'd like you to hop onto your computer or your smartphone and type in afterlifeconference.com. Check out the agenda, the classes. Um, The costs are really reasonable. They have a special discount going on, and I would love to really help them fulfill their goal of selling their last 100 tickets. So we would like to do that and see all of their tickets sold before we begin to um, send out the information for our live stream. So we're doing everything and anything we can to support this event. I hope you will consider it. Again, it is the Afterlife Awareness Conference. It is happening November 1st through the 4th in Orlando, Florida. And to tell you a little bit about the workshop, uh, it really goes beyond death. There is a lot of hands-on instruction of -of out-of-body journeying, um, and I'm sure William is going to cover most of that. There are going to be readings with mediums and intuitives. There's bereavement support, past life regression, sacred ceremonies and rituals. So this isn't just a conference where it's all lecture. I mean, the people actually get to participate, be a part of these workshops, be a part of these rituals. Um, The other great thing that I love of you know what they've added and they're adding more to is the academic research and scientific investigation around life after death. Um, they also include multicultural perspectives on death and beyond. And there's also going to be a really nice presentation about talking to children about death. So I'm really excited, guys. I hope that you check it out. If nothing else, if you can't go, if you could do us a favor and go ahead and post their information, post the website up on on any social media that you have. Let's spread the word. Let's get these last 100 tickets sold so that we can reach across the world and sell our live stream ticket to those who really cannot make it to Florida. All right. I hope to see you there. Hi, and thanks for tuning in to the Path 11 podcast. I am your host, April Hanna. 
At the Path 11 Podcast, we are here trying to deliver leading-edge research on consciousness, healing, and metaphysics. And just like you, we are trying to answer the big questions about life. Who are we? Why are we here? And what is our purpose? We hope by listening to our podcast, it will make each day you live on Earth a little easier to understand. And now for today's podcast. Hi, everyone. We have a really interesting show today. We are going to be talking about an extraterrestrial civilization and channeling. And the way that I came to find this guest is through a Facebook group, and I somehow got added to it, and it is a Facebook group um, about the Palladian civilization. And I decided to keep myself in this group in case there was anything really interesting that I might want to discuss on the podcast. So I came across a video um, by our guest. His name is Jonathan Martin. And he is a channel for an extraterrestrial civilization known as the Yael. The Yael share information on spiritual awakening, living our life purpose, and extraterrestrial contact. Together with the Yael, Jonathan is currently developing a contact ambassadors program to move humanity towards open contact with extraterrestrial civilizations. So pretty interesting. He also has an engineering degree from Coventry University and an RHS qualification in gardening, which is also his second passion and parallel career that keeps him firmly grounded on the earth. So Jonathan, I would like to welcome you to the Path 11 cast. Hi, thank you for having me on. Yeah. So I have to say that I'm a bit of an open-minded skeptic when it comes to some of this stuff. I would truly like to understand it more and believe that there are extraterrestrials working with, um, I guess you could say human beings, um, to channel some of their messages and hoping to help our planet. So I definitely have a lot of questions and I'm hoping you can answer them for me, but I would like to learn a little bit about how does one person go from, you know, going to school and getting an engineering degree to now, you know, working on this program and channeling extraterrestrials. Okay. Thank you. So, in a way, it is actually slightly connected to the engineering degree because how this started for me was I I actually got um, interested in conspiracy theories um, because someone pointed me to a, a documentary about uh, 9-11. And due to having an engineering degree, I, I became very skeptical about the official story because some of the things that happened on that day didn't seem to line up with my understanding of uh, physics and mechanics. So this is sort of my entry point into conspiracies and the the world of, I guess, um, the, this other world this the, that we see on the web of um, spirituality and metaphysics and conspiracies and all these things. So from there, I started researching a lot of topics such as, um, well, UFOs was the one that really took my fancy, took my, my passion. I became really interested in the UFO phenomena. And I came across some teachings that taught that we could contact extraterrestrials through meditation and I was I was very open-minded at the time so I thought I'll give this a go it sounds interesting and I spent um, a few months doing these ET contact meditations that I'd learned and I wasn't really having much uh, luck to start with but I was I was finding the men the meditations very uh, beneficial to, to me I was becoming very peaceful very happy and I was really enjoying the meditations so I sort of carried them on for that reason and sort of almost forgot about the fact that I was trying to contact the ETs even though I still doing this meditation and 
after about doing this for, I don't know, perhaps a month or two, I had a, a series of three UFO sightings over my house um, that appeared to be the first one during one of these contact meditations. So this was really what opened me up to this and set me on this path. Wow. Okay. Interesting. And can you talk a little bit more about, um, kind of, like you said, the gateway here into the conspiracy theory and your knowledge about engineering and nine 11, what did you put together with your knowledge of that? And then watching this documentary and then moving more into some of the conspiracy theories. Yeah. Well, um, of course, I, I remember actually it was, it was, I think I graduated in 2001, so it was the year I graduated. I remember watching um, the towers uh, collapse live on, on live TV, or at least the second one go down. And um, I, I just sort of assumed the, believed the official story, you know, plane hits tower, tower collapses, obviously planes responsible for the tower going down. But it wasn't until 2007 when my, my friend actually downloaded a, he downloaded Transformers the movie, a, a pirate copy of a file sharing network, and but it, it wasn't this film it turned out to be a conspiracy film uh, called um loose change 9 11 and he said he knew i was already skeptical about the iraq war so he handed me this and said you'll love this so i watched it and they put forward the the theory the the philosophy that the the towers collapsed due to a controlled demolition and what watching the videos uh, from that perspective and um, with this new information i i could see that because the towers appeared to collapse at, at free fall speed um, in, a, in a complete, you know, symmetrical collapse, what, what, what we call through the path of greatest resistance, because it felt like on top of each other. And having it shown to me in this perspective, it became very clear to me that the official story was not true because it, um, but basically the, the way the towers collapsed was ba basically against the laws of physics. It, it's pretty much, well, it is impossible that, that three towers, because there was even a third one, would, would collapse in the manner they did due to, um, due to you know, fire, because fire, fire can't even melt steel, actually. Ah, okay. All right. And then that led you, how did that eventually lead you to uh, the UFOs? Well, I, I came with the mindset that, well, if they'd lie about this, what else would they lie about? That was my mindset. And it really sort of opened my mind. And I became fascinated by exploring all, all these things that I'd sort of written off as nonsense in the past, you know, like spirituality, um, alternative healing, met metaphysics, UFOs, all these things. I, I thought it was all nonsense and people were just crazy that was into aliens and all that in the past. But I was now of the mindset, well, if they'd lie about something this this um, huge, what else would they lie about? And that was my, and I was extremely open-minded and perhaps even um, swinging towards the gullible stage at that time. And I was sort of open to all, all sorts of things. And I, I began researching everything just, you know, on, on Google, one thing to the next, you know, on one conspiracy forum, it led to one thing to the next and it, I got to the point where I I came across um, a conspiracy theory about UFOs and it was actually uh, an image of a um, a flight like a glowing disc hovering over the funeral of um, the Pope um, John John Paul I think it was Pope John Paul when he died and um, it was that image I, I mean I wasn't sure if it was real or not but it looked interesting and, and, that, and that was what set me on the path I found it absolutely fascinating the possibility that um, extraterrestrials and UFOs could be real. Okay. And then, so then you move into these meditations, you have these UFO sightings and 
how does that bring us to the present day of your work with Yael? And who is Yael? And can you explain that? Yeah, I so so I was doing these contact meditations and I, I had these um, series of UFO sightings. And I, I believe it was actually the first one. What I saw was a, a glowing ball hovering over the house, no, flying over the house from west to east. And um, I looked up at it and I said in my mind, if you're a UFO, fly up and down. And the instant I said that, it actually shot up in the air 100 feet and then it moved along, came came down 100 feet again, sort of manoeuvres that are impossible for planes. And it was also just a glowing ball of light. And then it disappeared, went back up again, moved down and then went off into the distance. And so this sort of opened me up that I was like, well, this is just too much of a coincidence that that happened exactly the moment that I, so I was becoming very open-minded. And as part of the visualizations uh, of me the, for the contact meditation, what I was doing, I was visualizing the image of a gray extraterrestrial in my mind, because this was the only image of an extraterrestrial I knew from the movies. And about a few months after seeing those sightings, I came across another channel um, called Bashar, an extraterrestrial called Bashar, channeled by Daralanka, who who was a grey extraterrestrial, very similar to the um, images I was visualising in my mind, perhaps coincidentally, perhaps with something more to it. And I studied his his teachings were about following your highest excitement and sort of aligning with your higher self through this path. And I, I began to... Um, uh, follow his teachings and to try to live my excitement more and more. And after a year in 2009, I had a, a huge spiritual awakening experience where it's sort of your classic spiritual awakening where I, I, um, I entered into a bliss state, a high state of euphoria and bliss. And I remember thinking that I felt like I was my soul come down to earth. I didn't feel like me anymore. I felt like my soul on earth. And I felt connected to everything, like connected to all the universe, all the trees. I felt like the trees were my long lost family. And, and at the same time, I had some telepathic communication with Bashar. And then over the next few days, I kept going back to the forest over the next few days. It's in the forest trying to rekindle this, this bliss state, this euphoria state, because all I wanted to do was get back to that state. And um, about three days later, I went back to the forest. And when I just as approaching the forest, I, I had a telepathic communication again with um, Bashar's civilization, the Sasani. They approached me as a collective civilization. And they said, they said they just sort of said, good morning. And we had some communications, some of what, which were a little personal that I don't really want to speak about here. But um, and that was how it started. And, and I remember um, the, the communication uh, brought such a I could sense their joy. And I remember being so overwhelmed that it was actually possible to experience such an intense level of joy that I just broke down in tears. Because until that point, because um, I still hadn't really integrated the experience from a few days prior, but but at that point it was it wasn't quite so intense. So I was sort of able to integrate into my life, and I was I was so overwhelmed that it was actually possible to experience such a level of joy because I did I didn't even know it was possible until then, and so I broke down in tears. It was so emotional and. Um, in the in the coming months after that, I was I was able to sort of channel a bit. So I was doing it a bit um, for myself and had a few more telepathic communications. So that's how the sort of telepathic link was um, initiated. 
All right. And a question that I have when you were saying like you were kind of uh, sending thought forms. Well, these are kind of my words, but the way that I interpret it when you were kind of asking the UFO to move up and down. um, If our thoughts create our reality, if you believe that, how do you know that you weren't that it wasn't just your thoughts, you know, using the imagination and wanting whatever it is that you're seeing to move up and down and your thoughts create the reality, which then manifest what you're seeing to be happening. Like, how do you know that it wasn't just your thoughts creating this reality and moving this as opposed to it being a real, a real thing that was happening? If that makes sense. Yeah. Great question. Thank you. You, you got me thinking now. <laughs> so, so I'm, I mean, I, I guess the, the truth, truest answer to that would be, I, I don't know. I don't know exactly what happened and, and I, but I think that was probably um, part of what was happening. I, I was creating it as I go along, and somehow these these extraterrestrial experiences, um, because they're happening in another dimension of consciousness, they're a very powerful mirror to us to the power of manifestation and the power of, of creation. So, uh, so I think in some way uh, what you're saying is true. I, 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 di- I did create it and I, I did manifest it. But also at the same time, I, I think it was an, an extraterrestrial um, responding to my telepathic thoughts. So, so I, I think the answer is probably uh, both. Yeah, this is where I kind of get a little confused with this, too, because it's like, well, how do we know, um, you know, with this is your experience, right, that you're having and you're having communication and it's feeling very real. But could you also possibly be creating a parallel reality um, that is co-occurring with your present day physical incarnation on Earth at the same time? Um, I, I don't fully understand your your question could you uh, explain a little more yeah um well i guess maybe maybe if we rewind a little bit and you know when we're kind of looking at you know quantum physics and also understanding uh, multiple dimensions multiple realities they say that there is no time you know in these other dimensions and that there are kind of parallel lives right? Everything kind of happening simultaneously, which is why people like yourself can tap into a different dimension or tap into this civilization, because everything is kind of happening at the same time. That's my understanding. But I guess where, and maybe it's not even a question that you can answer, I'm just kind of thinking out loud of where I sometimes get confused with this is how do we know that this isn't just a part of Jonathan Martin's world, that you have kind of created this alternate reality where you're kind of living this alternate reality with the IL and but you're also Jonathan Martin and gardening and living here on earth and they're happening at the same time yeah I mean I I think to to share I I uh, this is sort of the perspective I've learned from channeling the IL um that's that our the, the only thing that is real in re, in our realities our experience and so so and that they explain we're, we're shifting parallel realities all the time to different realities so so I guess all, all we can say all I can say is that um, I guess, this is this is my reality, you know, and that they say that the only thing that is real is experience. You know, we are 
we are infinite consciousness having an experience and our beliefs create our reality. So what we believe to be happening it is our reality, you, you know, that, that there is really no physical body and, you know, the dream state and meditation and other dimensions, you know, they're, they're no different from physical reality and all that is real is experience. So so from, from their perspective and the perspective that I'm come to see reality from is that all reality is, is an experience and, you know, whether I'm in a in the dream state or in deep meditation on the astral plane or or seeing these uh, visions in the sky, it's um, it's it's all real. You know, um, the the only thing that is real for us is experience. Does this make sense? Yes, it does, and I and I guess it, it might even tie back to like you said the belief system, right? So for maybe people that work with you or come in contact with you or see the work, if they believe this to be true, then they can then enter this reality with you and have this experience that you that that your experience as well, and then you guys have a shared experience. Yes, I think this is a correct. And there was an interesting thing that happened in that sighting that um, perhaps would um, give us some sort of understanding of what we're talking about here. Um, when, when, after that happened, when I was asking the, the, the orb to move up and down and it moved up and down and on, on my request, uh, it, it was always just, a, it was either a golden ball of light or, or it disappeared completely. But then it went off into the distance over towards the east. And as it as it went into the distance, it seemed to change into um, like flashing red and green lights, like the um, like the navigation lights you see on an airplane. So it appeared to turn into a regular airplane in the distance. And also also when it was going over, it also sounded like an airplane, I think. Um, I get my sightings mixed up a bit, but I'm fairly certain it also sounded like an aeroplane. So we seem to have like, some bizarre stuff going on here, like it's almost like half UFO, half aeroplane. But, but there's a story about when the, the explorers started exploring the new world, like uh, Christopher Columbus and um, uh, Captain Cook and... Um, is it is it Magdalene? I, I can't remember his name. Some some of these great sailors that went uh, uh, sailing around the world. They reported stories that they would um, anchor their ships out at sea off the shore, and then they get into their rowing boats and, and row into shore and meet the natives. And what they were discovering is that the natives couldn't see their ship. The, 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 the ship, their sailing ship, was actually invisible to the natives. They couldn't see it at all. But the natives could see them as they got into the rowing boats and rowed into land. And what, what people think may have been happening is that because the, um, the ships were so far outside of the natives' belief system, they couldn't actually see them because it wasn't part of their reality. And apparently at some point, the, the, the native shaman was able to see the ships and explain that this ship was there. And that only at that point, all the natives could actually see the ship. Until then, they could only see the rowboats when they got out of the ship. They'd just see these rowboats appearing out of nowhere. And so perhaps something similar is going on like you were talking about. And this is the reason why it's, it seemed to have turned back into a plane after a while. Perhaps, um, my, 
perhaps like when it was happening, it was like so obvious and so profound that I, I just sort of accepted that it was a, a UFO. But then after a while, my my skeptical mind, my conditioning step came back in and started to say to myself, well, maybe it's not a UFO, maybe it's just a plane. And at that point, I couldn't see it as a UFO. So it appeared to look like a plane to me. So that's just one theory I have. Okay, great. Yeah, I think that that does help and explains it um, a little bit with the confusing question that I was trying to ask you. So yes, thank you for um, sharing that. Um, could you tell me a little bit more about the Yael? What, um, and and maybe as we're moving into the Yael, you had said earlier, basically, that we are consciousness, right? There is really no such thing um, as the physical body, if, if we're consciousness, right? The body dies, we, we still live because we're consciousness. And I know we use the word extraterrestrial and aliens, but our we're also giving them a physical body, right? Because there's drawings of what they look like and things like that. But um, are extraterrestrials also just a form of consciousness? Um, yes, I mean, but... I, as I said, I believe um, all things are a form of consciousness. We are just consciousness. But it's a very interesting question because I, I had another sighting a couple of years ago where this um, this, this blue light uh, appeared in, in the sky. I was with a friend and um, this blue light appeared and... Um, uh, well, I was signaling to it with a flashlight, with a torch, and they were actually flashing back to me. And... What, what happen, often happens in these sightings is that you feel consciousness shift, a reality shifts. Um, it's almost like we're merging auras with them and it, it, reality becomes much more dreamlike. Often things will become uh, very vivid, like the colors become brighter. We feel more a lot happier, very euphoric, um, like very present, extremely still, like in a deep meditation when we become very present and very it's extreme stillness, extreme presence. And there's like this sort of almost electric feeling in the air. And when when this sighting happened, I, I, I my my consciousness shifted to a state of oneness where I experienced myself as everything. I think it's because I'm merging auras with the extraterrestrials. I begin to perceive reality as they perceive reality. Um, I'm almost being encompassed in their aura. And and in, at, at this point, I became one with um, with creation, and I sense them as oneness. It, when their craft comes into the sky, it feels like they are everywhere. Their consciousness is everywhere, and my consciousness is everywhere. And the feeling I had was exactly like you say. It was that that blue orb, that blue light coming out of the sky, that extraterrestrial craft manifesting in my reality. It felt like it was coming out of my consciousness. It felt like the sky was my consciousness, was the depths of my infinite mind. And I was I was manifesting this extraterrestrial craft out of the depths of my consciousness. It felt like the sky out there was me, was my consciousness. And, and they were coming out of the depths of my consciousness. And the, and the sky was, was like a, a uh, like a representation, a physical manifestation of my infinite consciousness. And and they did, it didn't feel like they were coming from out there. It almost felt like the sky was deep within my own consciousness. Mm, okay. Um, that makes sense to me. 
so when we begin to talk about the Yael and who they are, um, it almost makes me wonder, are you just also channeling a part of your higher self? Um, yeah, yes, I, I, would, I would say definitely in a, in a way they are a aspect of my higher self and, and an aspect of my consciousness and really come back to reflect back to us um, a, a reminder that, that we are all one and that there is only consciousness and somehow everything is me. And yeah, I mean, this is their message that we are one, that is only one consciousness. Like you, you, you are, you are aspects of me too. You're, you're just a reflection of my own evolving consciousness. And, and so are they, but it, it can, it can often be much more vivid and easier to understand from them. Does that answer your question? I sort of got lost in my own answer there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. And but I think if we can call something something, right, it makes it easier in the human experience to now identify with. Okay, the Yael is this extraterrestrial civilization, and they, you know, are here to share this information. Um, I think when when we can call it something else, it might be easier for the collective consciousness to understand it, as opposed to getting into some of the talk that you and I are talking about about our higher selves and we are one, and you know ultimately it's all about love and and things of that sort. Yeah, definitely, and and, and I, I think I think it it's both. You know, it it is just there is only consciousness, and these are all just you know, experiences passing through through our consciousness, you know, no, really no different to a dream at night, but, but also, you know, it is real, you know, we, we have to validate our human experience that this is what we came here to experience. So it's well, on one level, it's just consciousness, it's just things happening within consciousness, just reflections of my own shifting consciousness. And but at the same time, of course, it, it, it is a real experience. And, um, and, and this is why I think, um, channeling extraterrestrials is so is so fascinating because it's like almost bridging the worlds between the spiritual and the physical it's like when, when people are, are channeling spirits such as abraham abraham hicks and these sort of spiritual entities um people find it quite easy to accept that you know um they, they don't doubt it so much in the way they do extraterrestrials because it's like oh she's channeling her spirit guide that makes sense but but when when I'm channeling an extraterrestrial and I talk about, you know, seeing them in the skies, it's like really pushing people's beliefs and people's realities to the limit. And I, I think that's why it's so fascinating because it's somehow bridging the worlds between the spiritual, it, you know, it's made, it's, it's grounding this, um, this higher consciousness in physical reality. It's a, it's a, it's an opening for humanity to see that the, the multidimensional is available in our everyday lives. Yes, exactly. I think you're right. I think you kind of like hit the nail right on the head. There is that that pushing of that when you start to talk about the extraterrestrial versa, a spirit guide and using the example of Abraham Hicks. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the IL. What have you learned from them and what is the information that they are using you to get out to Earth? I, I think probably their most powerful message that the most potent message is um the message that our path to everything we desire to everything our heart our true desire which is to create in this world which is to experience in this world is 
through following our excitement. It's it's I, I, I also have a, a Hindu teacher, a, a Advaita Vedanta teacher. And interestingly, this is the same teaching that they teach in the East. The idea that everyone has their own path in life. Like if we look at a lot of um, contemporary spiritual teachings and um, non-duality and, and these sort of things, you know, they, they teach a lot about, you know, self-inquiry, meditation. This is the way to become self-realized. This is the way to become enlightened. This is the way to manifest what you desire. But how how the Yael um, differ a little in their teachings, which, which also links up to some ancient um, uh, Vedic uh, Hindu teachings, is that everyone has their own path. And um, while so one person might become enlightened through self-inquiry or meditation, it's not relevant for everyone. There's as many paths to self-realization and manifesting our life's um, theme, our life's um, call, as there are people. And what they teach is that the way to creating and attracting what it is we desire in our realities, whether it's more abundance or a better relationship or self-realization and enlightenment, the fastest path to that is through the path of our highest excitement, because the highest excitement is actually the guidance of our higher self, the direct guidance. So whatever excites us in each and every given moment, and this can come in the form, it doesn't have to be like jumping up and down excitement, it can be like um, a serene feeling, any positive feeling, love, peace, compassion, serenity, creativity, any positive energy is the guidance of our higher self. And, and this is what I found really powerful for me. And I think is such a powerful teaching for humanity that the way to our own self-realization or, or whatever it is we desire is through the path of our highest excitement. And by tuning into what excites us in each and every given moment, we are following the path of least resistance to creating what we wish to, to bring and what we wish to experience in this reality. Kind of like the old saying goes, follow your bliss. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. As they, as they say um, time and time again, that they're, they're certainly not the first people to share this message in our reality. We've known this wisdom for uh, many thousands of years. They're just reminding us. Right. Now, in kind of going back to a little bit of like the conspiracy theory stuff and, um, you know, I've, I've heard people talk about like the ascension process and um, sometimes other channelers that I've seen. Um, you know, kind of talk about the breaking down of Earth civilization. They talk about the banking system and, you know, the corruption of the government and the wars and all of that. And where I tend to find my skepticism, or maybe it could also be the programming, you know, that you've talked about or that's been downloaded to, um, you know, kind of keep society in line or whatever, is that I've, I mean, that that kind of talk has been going on for years and how these extraterrestrials are kind of coming through and delivering this message. And I've seen people take some really drastic measures um, of like pulling all their money out of their bank accounts, um, you know, kind of preparing for the end of the world type thing. And it's still like that, that stuff hasn't quite happened in what's been predicted over these years and years and years of, of uh, people claiming that these extraterrestrials are claiming that this is what's going to happen to the civilization if we don't act now. Um, and to me, that I, I, I don't know. I'd like you to talk about that. But the other thing that I think um, kind of rubs me the wrong way a little bit is that it 
feels to me to be very fear-based you know so like on one hand there's like all these extraterrestrials wanting to preach about love follow your bliss go to your highest excitement find your joy and then at the same time i there's sometimes this countering message of just like how horrible the earth is and it's self-destructing and the banks and the government and fear 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 and then people i feel really buy into this and make drastic changes in their life and you know whatever was predicted to happen it has not happened. Well, the message that the Yah Yell share is always follow your excitement, always follow your joy, and ne never follow your fear. So, so they're saying that that the, the the path to follow is the path of love and excitement and creativity and joy, and and fear is in a sense the opposite. Fear is a sign that we actually have an out of alignment perspective, an out of alignment belief. So, they they would recommend that anyone act on their fear in that they recommend completely the opposite they say if you have a fear it's um, a perspective that needs redefining so that they, they would never recommend these sort of paths okay so well then th this kind of leads me um to a question that hopefully you can help me to understand a little bit better and this is where i think it's important um you know for yourself too it's like how do you gain your own credibility um, in this, because, you know, when I was searching through your YouTube channel, you had one that was posted in October of 2016. And a lot of, you know, what you were saying, you were out in the woods was was all about kind of the banking, the government, Hillary Clinton. Um, you had some <laughs> F-bombs throughout the whole thing. And it wasn't extremely loving. It felt very fear based. And um, and that kind of like confused me, because then here you are also channeling this very peaceful civilization. But then I see that that you YouTube and and watching how you're kind of presenting yourself. And then that leaves me to be a little more skeptical and say, well, I don't know if this person's credible or not. So how do you how do you gain some more of that credibility within somebody like me watching that and feeling like I'm getting mixed messages from your channel? Yes, yeah, great question. Thank you. So um I mean, I, I guess that was my perspective coming through. I, I wasn't sharing the perspective of the Yayel because, because of course, uh, I, I channel the Yayel, but I, you know, I, I, I don't live there. Um, you know, I try and incorporate as much of their teachings into my life as I can, but I, um, you know, that was me coming through. That that was that was my perspective, which 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 you know differs from the perspective of the Yayel in some ways. So. So yeah, yeah pretty, I mean, pretty I mean, greatly. I, I, yeah, I I don't think the Yael would recommend that you know I go on negative rants like that. And perhaps it was me, you know, you know, I I, I think I have a lot of um, you know still some frustration in me about these sort of things, and you know, it's, it's part of me just wants to like you know, go on the war path and like, and like rah, 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 what you look, we done, you look, we did on 9-11, I'm going to get my, you know, the, the, um, perhaps it's the negative ego in me. I mean, I mean, that's a, a very good question and perhaps it's something I need to look at in myself. And I, I still do talk about these things from time to time. I've, um, um, the, the message the Yael bring through is that, um, we shouldn't focus on this stuff. We should, we should, instead of focusing on, on the negative and what's wrong with the world, we should begin to create things, positive things. If we think there's, um, you know, there's corruption in government, 
we, we shouldn't go out ranting about the government like I did. They would recommend I don't do that. But I did it anyway because I was frustrated, possibly. But what they recommend is that we, add, if, if we believe there's corruption in government, we should begin to um, create a new government. You know, th rather than focusing on the negative, focus on creating a positive alternative. So, so that they say, if we believe there's corruption in government, that if they, if we believe the banking system is corrupt, we should focus on creating new governments. We should focus on working together to create new economic systems. So. So this would be their perspective that perhaps differs from mine a little or right. a lot. <laughs> okay, thank you for answering that. And I guess another question that I have too, and you know, again, I'm, I'm always willing to look at my own, you know, programming as well, and you know, challenging my own belief systems, which is why I'm, I'm, you know, kind of asking a lot of these questions. But do you ever have? anyone kind of see the work that you're doing and also question your mental health stability. And the reason why I ask that is because I'm, I'm a trained mental health therapist, have a master's degree in that. But with the work that I've done, um, you know, with energy work and consciousness, I also understand that there's many people who our society may deem to be crazy or not all there or paranoid or schizophrenic. Um, and I do have a greater understanding that there's much more than what we can see and experience here. But how do you ever run up against that where somebody might say, well, you know, he's kind of fitting the description of some paranoia. Maybe there's some schizophrenia here. When he goes on these rants, he could have this, you know, pressured speech and, um, you know, just like a, he's in a different reality and not really based in, in what, in the here and now, and people could question not just you, but, you know, anyone that's channeling these extraterrestrial, right? Because it doesn't quite fit into our society. So do you ever run up against that at all? Um, yes. I mean, uh, m mostly where, where I ran up to that was when I first started putting the videos out um, and from old friends, you know, that were well, I had on Facebook and were seeing these videos and, um, yeah, for, for, for sure. I had people. I mean, I think a lot of people, I, I think it's, um, I mean, I, I think it's part of the conditioning of, of human culture to, to, to believe that I, I think it has actually been, I mean, as part of the, the extraterrestrial, the UFO cover up, you know, I, I think part of the way they have covered this up is by, um, because they haven't actually covered it up very well at all, you know, because everyone knows about it. But the way they've sort of kept it dampened down is by they've, they've gone through this, um, like, um, conditioning process of creating beliefs in people through, through like, um, the media, through movies, through cartoons and things like this, that, that people that believe in this stuff is, is crazy. So, so, so I think it's part of the, um, hu human conditioning, the, um, the way society has been cultured to, to, you know, to keep society under control that, um, people automatically have subconsciously programmed into their subconscious that anyone who doesn't adhere to, to the current paradigm is crazy. So, so, so yeah, I mean, I don't see it so much. I, I, I think, I think when you begin to, you know, really follow your passion and resonate on a higher frequency, you, you don't seem to attract these people into your reality. But yeah, for sure, I've, I've, I've definitely come up against that. 
Sure. Okay. Well, great. Well, Jonathan, thank you so much for um, having this conversation with me. And I hope that I was able to ask some questions that maybe even our listeners have um, in trying to kind of sort some of this stuff out and take a look at our own belief systems, um, our own programming, um, and being open to um, different things out there like the IL and the work that you're doing um, in the world. So I thank you very much for being a guest. Yeah, thank you too. I, I've really enjoyed it. I thought the questions were brilliant and we, we really got into some fascinating topics. So I really enjoyed that going into some of the deeper metaphysics of what's really going on here. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. So thank you. Great. All right. Well, best of luck to you and all the work that you do. Yes, and you too. And I, I hope your um, Path 11 goes well. If you want more information about our films, visit our website, path11productions.com, to purchase DVDs or to rent and stream each film. You can also find our trilogy of films on iTunes, Amazon Prime, and Gaia.com. You can still use our smartphone app for both Android and iPhones. Just search for Path 11 in the Google Play App Store, or if on an iPhone, look for Path 11 in the iOS App Store. Catch you next time.